We're going to pray. And after I do that, then we're going to get right into this word. And if you haven't liked the broadcast yet, if you haven't shared it yet, go ahead and do that while I'm praying. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to come together and share your word. I thank you that you've made it a medium so that even during this pandemic, you your word did not cease from going out. Father, I thank you for every person who's listening today. I ask you would open up their hearts, open up their minds. I ask you to take the blinders off of any place where the enemy would try to hinder them from receiving the word that they've tuned in to hear today. Father, I ask you to touch my heart, to touch my mouth. Give me what to say as it is prompted by you. Father, I ask you to remove me out of the way. Let there be none of me, but all of you. I ask that all of the glory be, good, be, be given to your son, Jesus. And I ask that Holy Spirit will endue each of us with power from on high to live the life that you have already predestined for us to live. Now, Father, we just declare that there is going to be miraculous signs and wonders following in our lives after we have received this word. We believe that something supernatural happens when we pray. And we believe that this is a season of great harvest in the year of release for those of you called to Fellowship of Champions and for those who will walk with you. And we receive it, we believe it, we claim it, and we retain it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, come on. Give me some hearts out there. Let's get the energy up. Give some likes, some hearts, and let's get into the word. Let's see. I believe... It is, I'm checking my clock, it's 1018. So I got uh, about 50 minutes and I think we can get this done. Uh, and I just want to recap a couple of things from last week and then finish up this message. You know, one of the things we say here all the time at Fellowship of Champions is that we do not, you probably could finish this, we do not despise repetitive teaching. We do not despise repetitive teaching because we know that if we want to become an expert in something, uh, research says you got to spend about 10,000 hours doing it. Right. And so we know that we can't hear a message one time and then think we can live it out for uh, perpetuity. Right. We need to keep hearing that word. We need to keep making sure we get filled with that word. We need to keep revisiting that word so we can live out that word. Amen. So last week. One of the things that we established that I want to begin with today is this major premise. And it is, is that it is an established fact, right? Scripture establishes for us. And it is clear in that Holy Spirit has a commitment to guide us through life. Scripture is very clear. Scripture is clear. It established, and we saw this last week, that it is Holy Spirit's commitment you hear me? It is his commitment to us to guide us through life. If Holy Spirit makes a commitment to us, that means it is something that we can count on. It's something that we can we can rest assured that will happen, that he won't go back on his word. And so we saw in scripture last week where Holy Spirit had made a commitment to us to guide us through life. Now, two weeks ago, doing new partners class, we talked about the six things that we should all know regarding Holy Spirit. And then last week, we saw that there were four of those six areas that actually helped us to lay a foundation 
for what we believe in that Holy Spirit has made a commitment to guide us. And so the four things that we looked at last week were these. We said Holy Spirit made a commitment to us to guide us in these four ways. Number one, his commitment was to transform us, to transform our lives. Then he said he made a commitment that he would fill us and equip us. That's what Chris was singing about this morning. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Holy Spirit, fill this room. He promises, he makes a commitment that he will transform our lives. He does it by filling and equipping us. And then number three, we said that he would make our lives fruitful. That means that if I'm living and I'm being guided by Holy Spirit, there ought to be some Christian fruit in my life. There ought to be some tangible results. Uh, there should be some fruitfulness. And when I say fruitfulness, you know, if we declare, if the Lord has declared that this is the season of great harvest, in order for me to be fruitful, I ought to be seeing some harvest. That is a fruitfulness of his promise. And then number four, which really laid the foundation for what we're talking about, is we said the Holy Spirit promises or he makes a commitment to lead us daily. Somebody go ahead and type that in the comment section this morning. It'll be the first thing I'll ask you to type. Say, Holy Spirit leads me daily. Holy Spirit leads me daily. Now understand, because you are a free moral agent, because God gave you the ability to choose, even though Holy Spirit is leading you every day, he's actually leading us every moment, we have to choose to follow. We have to choose to follow. So he's always leading. The problem is sometimes we're not following. But if we will choose to, as Chris said uh, this morning, uh, if we will bow our knee or if we will yield, I believe is the word she used. If we will yield to Holy Spirit, then whenever he tells us to go and we follow in that direction, we will always see fruitfulness. Amen. So he transforms our lives. He fills and equips us, makes our lives fruitful, and he leads us daily. Then additionally, two weeks ago, we listed the 10 job functions that Holy Spirit consistently carries out in the lives of those who invites him into their hearts. I gave you a whole list of those, but we didn't go through all of those last week because I had done that the week before in the partnership class. And you can go listen to that if you want to find out what all of those are. But the one that we did pick up on last week to help again lay this foundation for us was that God gives us both wisdom and guidance. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and guidance. So not only does he lead us, remember we said that the things he does is transform our lives, fills and equips us, makes our lives fruitful, and he leads us daily. But while he's leading us, watch this, he's giving us wisdom OK, he's given us wisdom along the way and he's guiding us or prompting us in the right way to go. In other words, he doesn't leave it to chance. Holy Spirit doesn't expect us to just get it right based off our own intellect, based off our own knowledge, based off our own educational level, based on what family we came from, based on what side of the tracks we grew up on. He says, no, no matter any of those things, you need wisdom and you need guidance to make it in this world. And I am, as the Bible says, your paraclete or the paracletus. I am the one who can teach you. I'm your advocate. I'm your helper. And I am your guide. And so we then took a look last week 
at Romans chapter eight, verse 14, because in Romans chapter eight, verse 14, we find this recorded in scripture. It says for as many, watch this, as are led by the spirit of God. In other words, those who are led by Holy Spirit, they are then titled, right? What are they titled? They are titled the sons of God. And that word sons is, is not gender related. It means they are the children of God, whether you're male or female. It says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God or the Holy Spirit, then they become the children of God. Well, the opposite of that must be true because we could read that to say, for as many as are not led by the spirit of God, then they are not the children of God. So if you are not allowing Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you and to, and, and to live out that commitment that he has made to lead us and guide us every day, then you are doing one of the things we talked about, which is grieving the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're not letting Holy Spirit do his job in your life. And therefore you are not, no matter, no matter that you go to church, you fast, you give, you pray, all of those things. He says, the, the declaration to know whether or not you are a child of God, are you allowing God's spirit to lead you? Are you allowing Holy Spirit to lead you in life? Then after we after we looked at Romans chapter eight, verse verse 14, we started talking about how Holy Spirit guides us. Because I wanted you to be, I wanted you to understand that he doesn't just make the commitment and then not tell us how. He actually makes the commitment and then he tells us how he's going to guide us. And so last week we looked at one of the four ways that he guides us. We said, number one, Holy Spirit guides us through scripture. Number one, he guides us through scripture. And that's important for you to understand because a lot of people, um, you know, I, 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 I saw this guy yesterday uh, and I think I even put it on my Facebook page. He literally said he literally was preaching to a group of people and he literally said that he doesn't spend time studying uh, the word. He doesn't spend time studying the Bible, that what he does is when he gets up to, to preach, he just gets up and preaches whatever the Lord lays on his heart. Now here, that may sound good, but what I need you to understand is the Bible is clear that we need to study scripture. Why? Because when we study scripture, we find out what Holy Spirit does, watch this, and how he does it. So here we clearly see that there are four ways in which Holy Spirit guides us. Number one, he guides us through scripture, okay? The scripture is so important. That's why at Fellowship of Champions, you will hear us say all the time, we love the word. That's the second thing I'm going to have you to type in the comment section today. Type that in the comment section. I love the word. Even if you don't today, I need you to make the declaration. I need you to say it so it can get out of your mouth and out of your head and into your computer so you can see it with your eyes and maybe get in your eye gate and then in your heart. Type that right now. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care how busy you are. You can pick up your computer or your, your phone and type that right now. I love the word, right? I love the word. Why? Because the word is the thing that's going to uh, give me a foundation and it's going to allow me to connect with Holy Spirit so that he can guide me and I can follow. Number two, we said that he will guide us through his spirit right? Through, or through our spirit. Uh, we know that man is a tripartite being, 
man has a body. Uh, man uh, possesses a soul, but man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. And so Holy Spirit, uh, when we are born again, talks to that regenerated side of us. He connects with our spirit. The other thing is that the Holy Spirit will lead us through signs. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you 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 don't want to be you don't want signs to be the only way, you know, Holy Spirit, uh, because there are counterfeit signs out there. Uh, and when there are counterfeit signs out there and you don't know what scripture says and you can't connect with your spirit with Holy Spirit, then you can be subject to following uh, counterfeit signs. And then number four, we said the way the Holy Spirit guides us is through situations. And those are situations that we typically already know how to respond to appropriately. He will give us uh, a, a situation that we've passed the test on before uh, to apply to another situation. So it's very important that you understand that Holy Spirit guides us and he does it through one of these four ways. Sometimes he uses a combination of them. Sometimes he may use all four of them. But these are ways in which he carries out his commitment in the lives of his people. We then said that since one of the ways that Holy Spirit guides us is through scripture, we then went through no less last week than a dozen scriptures. I gave you a lot of scriptures last week to explicitly lay out for how the Lord or the Holy Spirit would help guide us, lead us, show us, teach us to know and to understand his will for our lives to teach us the things that will come in the future. I mean, he's literally uh, helping us to see down the road to give us wisdom, to give us insight, counsel, might and knowledge. We went through over 12 different scriptures and I won't go through all of those today. You can revisit the broadcast from last week, but I'm telling you, scripture is clear. It is the commitment of God to lead us every single day. That's when we then followed up by taking a look at what the apostle Paul said to his spiritual son, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 3.16. So let's take a look at 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is given, watch this, by inspiration of God. So if scripture is given by inspiration of God, no wonder one of the ways Holy Spirit guides us is through scripture. Why? Because it was inspired by God and therefore Holy Spirit can lead us by that inspiration. Now, why is scripture good? The Bible says because it is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable for reproof. It is profitable for correction and it is profitable for instruction in righteousness. And I like that it used the word profitable because what does that word profitable means? It means to be better off than when you made your initial investment. If you if you buy real estate and you buy a house for one hundred thousand dollars and you sell that house for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, then your profit is fifty thousand dollars. You are better off than when you made the initial investment. The Bible says that when you invest in scripture, right, when you decide to make scripture important, it says it becomes profitable to you. It makes you better than your initial investment. How does it make you better? The first thing he says, he says it is profitable for doctrine. And we said last week that doctrine is simply the order of God. It is God's way of thinking and doing things. It's behaving in a manner that is consistent with the character of God. So if I know scripture, 
it helps me to know the behavior uh-huh, and the character of God. Number two, it says it was profitable for reproof. What is reproof? It is simply the dismantling of error. And because we all grew up hearing different things uh, because of denominations, because we heard different things on the way we interpret things, because we've all have lived and shared experiences. So therefore we interact with the gospel different ways. He says the scripture is going to make you better than your initial investment because it is profitable for reproof. That means anything you have learned wrong, Holy Spirit through scripture can teach you the right way. So reproof, the dismantling of error. And then number three, we said that scripture is profitable for correction. What is correction? It is the exposure to truth, the exposure to truth. It's like when people make statements like this and they say money is the root of all evil. Well, see, you need some reproof on that because we need to dismantle some error. And then we need to give you some correction on that and tell you that the Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. What it does say when we give you correction and expose you to truth is it says that the love of money, the wrong relationship to money is the root of all evil. And so number three, scripture, when you read it in its context correctly, exposes the truth. And then number four, we said that um, we said that it was instruction in righteousness. It was profitable for instruction in righteousness, which is a systematic application of the truth, which is what we try to do here at Fellowship of Champions, which is to teach you how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. Amen. Listen, the psalmist says this in Psalms 31 and 3. Psalms 31 and 3 in the Amplified says, yes, you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your namesake, look at what the psalmist said, lead me and guide me. So even in the Old Testament, they understood the necessity of needing the Lord's leading. To, they understood the necessity uh, of needing his guidance in their life. We saw this also in, in Isaiah 58 and 11. Isaiah 58 and 11 says, and the Lord shall guide you continually. That's the third thing I want you to put in the comment section today. Say, the Lord shall guide me continually. The Lord shall guide me continually. Now, why is this important? I need you to know that you're never alone. I need you to know that God has never left you. He's never forsaken you. I don't care how bad the situation was. I don't care what trauma you may have been experiencing. I need you to know that the Lord did not forsake you. It says the Lord shall guide you continually. And as he does, he shall satisfy you in drought and in dry places. Watch this. And he will make your bones strong. Understand this. The Lord says, even in dry places, I'm going to be with you. He says, and when I am, he says, you're going to end up being just like a watered garden. He says, you're going to be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. 
My God, that's so good. You remember when we were reading uh, uh, maybe a month or so ago, we were reading over there in Ezekiel and we talked about how he, he went out to a certain space and the water got to his knees and he kept going and it got to, uh, we got to his ankles and it got to his knees. Then he got waist deep and then he was swimming in it. Understand as the Lord is continually leading you, he's leading you into the deep things of God. He is leading you into the things of him that are so deep, only those who trust in him can be sustained. That's why the Bible says the Lord shall guide you continually. And then we read in Psalms 32 and 8, praise God, it says, I, the Lord, hey, amen, will instruct you and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye up on you. I wish somebody could really get into this scripture and just and just give God some praise for this because this scripture right here is a mouthful. He says, I, the Lord God, he says, I'm going to instruct you. How is he going to do it? He's going to use Holy Spirit to do what? To do what he does best, to teach me in the way that I should go. In other words, I don't have to guess. This is not a 50-50 shot in the dark for me. I don't have to think I'm going to go left and hope it turns out. This isn't a lottery for me. This isn't gambling for me. The Lord says, I'm going to teach you in the way you should go. Now, why does he say should? Because ultimately it's up to me to follow. He says, but I'm going to teach you the way you should go through Holy Spirit. He says that what I'm going to do is I'm going to counsel you. In other words, why you, when you make a decision to follow after me, even when it seems strange, even when it seems weird, even when it seems like it's not working out, I'm going to be there talking to you the whole way through. I'm going to be your life coach, praise God. I'm going to be coaching you through the situation. And why am I going to do it? Because I'm going to do it with my eyes on you because I've already walked out the path. So I'm going to be looking and seeing how you're feeling and what you're going through. And based on that, that's how I'm going to guide you. So nothing's going to sneak up on you. Nothing's going to come up on your six. Nothing's going to come behind you and try to take you away because I got my eyes on you. That's the fourth thing I want you to write this morning. Say, God is watching me all the way. God is watching me all the way. That's right. The Lord is instructing me. He's teaching me. He's guiding me. He's giving me counsel and he's watching me the whole time. He's watching me all the way through. So again, scripture is and was, was and is clear in that it establishes the Holy Spirit's commitment to guide us. I need you to know this. Scripture is clear in that it establishes in Scripture the Holy Spirit's commitment to guide us. And the Bible says that heaven and hell would pass away before one word of God's word would fail. And so I know then that I don't ever have to struggle because Holy Spirit has the ability to lead me because he's made a commitment to do so. Amen. And so then we discussed our personal responsibilities in making sure we follow uh, Holy Spirit or allow Holy Spirit to follow us. Because remember, we said that he would guide us. We said that he would lead us. We said that he would uh, 
counsel us. We said that he would show us the way. We said that he would give us wisdom. He would give us insight. He would give us counsel. He would give us knowledge. He would give us might. He would show us things to come. He is, he's promised to do all of this, but we still have a choice. We still have a choice. We have to choose following Holy Spirit. We have to choose to follow. But if we choose to follow, then it's important for us to understand what are my responsibilities. You know, just like just like when, when, when you get a job, uh, they give you a job description. They give you a job description because they want you to have some idea what the parameters are in order for you to do what's necessary so that the company can do what's necessary for you, which is to keep you employed. And so what are our responsibilities in order to be led by Holy Spirit? Number one, we said we must have a repentant and a humble heart. You got to be a person uh, who, who's humble. You got to be a person who's willing to repent. And that word repent don't just mean saying you're sorry to get out of trouble. It means to turn direction. It means to make a, a 180. You know, folks say make a 360, but we ain't trying to make a 360 because then you're just back where you are. We want you to make a 180. We want you to turn in the opposite direction. Number two, we said we must have a relation, a revelation, a revelation of God's willingness to guide us. Somebody put up in the comment section just a moment ago, they said, you don't have to struggle. That's true. You do not have to struggle. And you also don't have to beg or plead. Remember, God's word tells us it's his will to guide us. And then number three, we said that we must be sure that our responses or that we respond as he's guiding us. I must be sure that my responses as he is guiding me does not negate my faith. What does that mean? That means I can't be. What, remember that scripture that just says that, that he's going to give us counsel. He's going to teach us. He's going to uh, have his eyes up on us. Then that means that when things get tough, I can't allow my mouth to become reckless. I can't start saying this ain't going to work. This was a bad decision. I should have never did this. Oh, God, you left me. Oh, God, you forsake me. No, you got to make sure that you don't open your mouth and say something reckless that will replace your faith with fear. Don't replace your faith with fear by saying the wrong things in tough times. Number four, we said my reputation must be secondary to pleasing God. My goodness. When it, when it comes to me leading Holy Spirit, I have no reputation. Uh, Pastor Sean was, was sharing with me this morning. Uh, I guess it was this day uh, several years ago now, uh, maybe five years ago, that we gave our very first uh, $10,000 scholarship. Well, I remember when the Lord told me to do that. Uh, man, we didn't have $10,000 uh, to give to a full scholarship. We were meeting in a hotel. We didn't have a building. Uh, and the Lord says, tell this young lady you're going to give her $10,000. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. If I, I, you know, I can't be telling somebody that I'm going to give them $10,000 and I don't have $10,000. And the Lord reminded me, he said, it's not you who's going to give it. Well, wait a minute. You know what? Let me get myself together. You're right. I have no reputation in this. When Holy Spirit is leading, I put all of my weight on him. My reputation must be secondary when it comes to pleasing God or following after Holy Spirit.
Number five, I said I must have a resting resolve, void of anxiety. How can I do that? Because we just read in the scripture where he's going to give me counsel along the way and his eyes are going to be up on me. So I must have a resting resolve must be and, I, and it must be void of anxiety. Why? Because we know that fear just robs us. It just robs us of peace. Uh, and it's the peace of God that allows us to follow after God with everything we have. So I have to have this resting resolve that's void of anxiety. I got to have the kind of resting resolve that Jesus had when he was asleep in, in the, down in the hull of the ship when the ship was being tossed to and fro. Jesus took a nap because he already knew what was supposed to be happening. He already knew he was going to get to the other side with the disciples. And so there was no reason for him to be panicked. Number six, we said that we must cultivate a readiness to obey divine instruction. What does that mean? How do I cultivate a readiness to obey divine instruction? That means I obey God in the small things. I, I get good at obeying God in the big things when I get proficient in obeying God in the small things. When I'm driving into the Walmart parking lot and I see a good parking space and the Lord says, no, don't park there. Park three, park three spaces down. And you're like, but, but, but this is close to the door. But park three spaces down. Can I obey him in the small things? And what I have learned is I've learned that Holy Spirit's job is to keep me safe. And so in that scenario, if there's a parking space that's close to the door and he tells me to park further away, I assume he knows something's going to happen in that parking space that he doesn't want to happen to my car. So I just obey God and walk a few extra steps. But you get proficient at obeying God in the big things by obeying him in the little things. So I must cultivate a readiness to obey divine instruction. And then number seven, we said that we must learn to rely on inspired, responsive thoughts in the moment. I must learn to rely on inspired, responsive thoughts in the moment. Pastor Evan, what do you mean? I mean, there are some opportunities that you don't get to get a do-over. There are some things you just don't get to do over. So if I'm walking in the Lord and the Holy Spirit says, hey, I, 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 don't, I don't want you to go uh, in this store yet. I want you to go to this other store. But I didn't have any plans to go in that other store. The Holy Spirit said right then to go in the other store. If I'm cultivating this, uh, this readiness to obey divine instruction, then I can do number seven. I can learn to rely on inspired, responsive fall and just go where God tells me to go. And listen, you don't know what you may be a blessing to somebody or somebody might be a blessing to you. What I know is that you could never go wrong obeying God. That's the fifth thing I want you to say this morning. Say, I can never go wrong obeying God. I can never go wrong obeying God. I can never go wrong obeying God. And anybody who thinks that you can, listen, come see me. Let me put some blessed oil on your head. I'm trying to get you to understand you cannot go wrong. It may look wrong. It may look tough. It may look like you're going to end up on the bad end of the stick, but we got too many scriptures that guarantees us that we are coming out on top. Amen. I can never go wrong obeying God. Listen, learning how to effectively follow God's guidance is not something that just comes all at once. 
It's not something that we're going to get right every time. My spiritual father, Pastor Tony Brazelton, told me almost 15 years ago, I think it was. He said, as long as you follow God, at some point you're going to miss it. He says, but missing God does not cancel out God's love for you. Listen, you got to get over the fear of missing God. It is better, hear me, to miss God trying to obey him rather than miss God trying to obey yourself. Oh, somebody going to get that when they get home. It is better for you to miss God with the right heart trying to obey him rather than miss God with the wrong heart trying to obey yourself. There are going to be times in your life you're going to miss it, but that's okay. God already knew that. He already had a path planned out and mapped out that in the event you missed him, he could get you back on path as long as you didn't stop following him. Oh, glory to God. Listen, we, what do we call this a learning as you go process. Holy Spirit teaches us as we go. He teaches us in the same way that you have to teach your kids, in the same way that we learn things in school. We learned it through the process of following. Just don't, Yes, Pastor Sean, just don't stop following him. That's the thing that gets most people messed up. Listen, can you imagine if you had to get uh, 60 multiplication facts right in 60 seconds? But you can only get 55 and you kept trying and you kept trying and you couldn't get 60. Can you imagine if you just dropped out of school? If you just dropped out of school and said, well, you know what? I never got 60 in 60 seconds. So I, so, so school just ain't for me. Can you imagine everything you would have missed out on? Listen, the same thing is true. Just because you miss God once or twice or a dozen times, it doesn't give you permission to stop following him. You keep following him until you get proficient. You get proficient at following him. And then what you used to miss God on, you now are helping to lead other people not to miss God on. So Pastor Sean and I, we call this the learning as you go process. Well, how do you get into this learning as you go process? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and what? Lean. You got to do what? You got to lean into him. Lean not into thy own understanding. It says in verse six, but in all of thy ways, acknowledge him, keep trusting in him and he shall do what? There it is. Direct your path. There's that commitment again, that bold declaration, that bold commitment that he's going to lead us if we will follow. Psalms 37, 23 and 24 is just as powerful. It says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Listen, if you are following after God, there's going to be delight that comes in following God. There's going to be, and I dare say this, there's going to be far more delight in following God than there ever is grief following God. I'll say that again. There's going to be far more delight in following God than there will be in not following God. Why? The Bible says because when you follow God, even when you fail, even when you fall, even when you make a mistake, 
He, God, shall not utterly cast you down. Why? For it's the Lord who is upholding him with his hand. What, is, what does this mean? It means if I fall, the worst thing that happens is I fall into God's hands. Oh, glory to God. If I mess up, the worst thing that happens is I fall into God's hands and I get a do-over. If I mess up trying to do it God's way, the worst thing that happens is I'm still with God. I'm still with God. My failure is not the end. My failure is not the end. In fact, God uses my failure to teach me how to triumph the next time. I watch uh, TikTok videos, and it's just one TikTok video that I watch quite often, and it's a dad and his little girl. Some of you may have seen it. She does these amazing uh, cheerleading stunts. She does these amazing flips and twists and turns. And I love the video because he always shows how he's coaching her. He's talking to her. He's telling her, do this, do that. And then they'll do it. And maybe she didn't do it right. And she'll almost hurt herself and she'll start to cry. And he encourages her. And he says, listen, you can do this. You just got to listen. You got to pay attention. But you got this. When you do it, do it like you did last time. And then, she, and then he'll say, you want to do it again? He always asks her. Do you want to do it again? And I love because no matter what, even if she's crying and she's scared, she says yes. But do you know why she's willing to do it again? Because her father is there supporting her. Oh, glory to God. Her father is encouraging her. Her father is upholding her with his hand. Her father is saying, baby girl, you got this. You can do this. And that is what God does for us. The problem is he asks us, do you want to try it again? And most of us allow fear to come into our lives. And we're like, no, I don't want to try it again. I don't want to use my faith. No, I don't want to try it again. I don't want to use my words. No, I don't want to try it again. I don't want to tame a team. No, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to tame my thoughts. I just want to let whatever happens, happens. And God is saying, are you sure? Do you want to try it again? Because I'm still here for you. Glory to God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. That's the sixth thing <laughs> I want you to write this morning. Say, even if I fall, I don't fail. Even, glory to God, even if I fall, I don't fail. Even if I fall, I don't fail. Why? Because I am following Holy Spirit and God is upholding me. Listen, it's a learning as you go process. And I showed you last week that there were some biblical examples of that. We spent quite a bit of time talking about David when he went to Ziglag. And I won't re rehash all of that. But some of those examples we talked about was David when he went to Ziglag. We talked about the children of Israel. It was a learning as you go process for them. Why? Because God used clouds by day and he used fire by night to guide them. They didn't know where they were going. So they had to trust God every day. When the morning, when, when they woke up in the morning, they had to see the clouds. They had to trust that when the, when the sun began to set, that there was going to be fire in the sky that they could follow. The same thing is true when we look at uh, Nehemiah, when he got ready to rebuild the temple or to rebuild the wall. We, we understand that, that God didn't give him all of the instructions to do everything at one time. It was a learning as you go process. The same thing was true uh, with the Apostle Paul. 
The Bible talks about the Apostle Paul in Acts when he had a desire to, to go to Macedonia. But the Holy Spirit said, no, I, I, don't go to Macedonia. And, and the Apostle Paul had this great desire to get there. But he couldn't go because Holy Spirit said, don't go. Now, he could have went. But Paul was smart enough to understand that if Holy Spirit says don't go, even if you're trying to do the right thing, it's the wrong reason. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Some of y'all, you're trying to do good things. You're trying to do what most people would consider the right thing. But Holy Spirit has told you no. What do I mean? A prime example is you can sometimes get in Holy Spirit's way when you're trying to help people out. Mm hmm. You're trying to help people out. You got money. Somebody needs money. They ask you for it. You you ask Holy Spirit, should you give it? Holy Spirit says, no, don't give it. But you like, but I got it. So it's not that big a deal. I'm just going to give it anyway. Listen, I don't care how uh, philanthropic you feel. If Holy Spirit says no, it's a no. Why? Because he has something else on the other side he's working on. And, and that's why it's so important. And parents get into this with their children because you love your kids and because you have it to give, you give it. And because you do it, you never sometimes give Holy Spirit the opportunity to do what he needs to do. And your kids never learn to rely on Holy Spirit. Then you mad because they relying on you. You mad because they see you as Holy Spirit. Because you've never said no when Holy Spirit told you to say no, because you like, well, I made daddy. Well, I made mom. Well, I got it. Holy Spirit didn't ask you all of that. The question is, Holy Spirit, should I engage in this activity? Yes or no. That's what David said when he went and got the ephod and presented himself to God and said, shall I pursue? Because I almost can guarantee you that if God had said, no, you shall not pursue, no matter how mad and distraught David's meaning were, they would not have pursued. But God told him to pursue. And when God told him to pursue, it was a learning as you go process. He said, OK, start down this road. They didn't know which direction they went. They just started following God. And then as they followed God a little more, they found a little Egyptian boy that they left behind. And then when they found a little Egyptian boy, they were compassionate to him. And in their compassion, then got them answers. See, sometimes your compassion in life can get you the answers that you need. The compassion got them the answers that they needed to know exactly what a camp was. They went down to the camp. They took over and got all their stuff back. You got to follow the leading of Holy Spirit. Listen, we got to learn to follow after Holy Spirit, even when we don't know all the steps. Even when Holy Spirit is not obligated to give us all 15 steps. I say this all the time. This can be the seventh thing that you write down today. You do not need finishing grace until you start. You do not need finishing grace until you start. You don't need grace to finish the race when you ain't got in the blocks yet. You need to at least get in the blocks, at least let the gun go off, at least, at least take off so God can give you some finishing grace. So we've got to learn to follow after Holy Spirit even when we don't know all the steps. You have to believe that Holy Spirit has made a commitment 
to guide you through life. You have to believe that Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you what you need when you need it. My, my spiritual mother, Pastor Cynthia, says all the time, you don't need it till you need it. You don't need, she, she used to talk about uh, when we were going through certain things with, with needing resources or, or building or different things. She's like, you don't need it till you need it. Holy Spirit is not obligated to give you it until you need it. So as I follow him in step one, once I've completed step one, then he'll reveal step two. But you've got to learn to do what Proverbs three and five says. You've got to lean not to your own understanding. See, many of us think that our own understanding is what makes us secure. But the fact of the matter is you are limited in your knowledge. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. Amen. All right. So we do this through learning how to cultivate the peace of God. We learn how to follow Holy Spirit by learning how to cultivate the peace of God. I want us to take a look at the scriptural evaluation of God's guidance, the scriptural evaluation of God's guidance. Notice there are two things here. God's guidance is universally offered through scripture. Okay. You, you can pick up the Bible and a person who doesn't even actually uh, know God. They can pick up the Bible. You can read something in Proverbs. You can read something in the Psalms and universally it will offer you some insight and guidance because the scripture, as we read in 2 Timothy, is the inspired word of God. It is the inspired word of God. So when we look at the scriptural evaluation of God's guidance, we know, number one, God's guidance is universally offered through scripture. OK, we know this because Psalms 119 and 105 says this. It says, Lord, thy word. Right. His scripture is what? It is a lamp, an illumination, a revelation unto my feet. In other words, the way that I'm going, my guidance, and it is a light unto my path. In other words, your word not only tells me where to go, but it illuminates the path as I am going. So I do not make a wrong step. That's how good God's word is. He says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So God's guidance is universally offered through scripture. Number two, God's guidance is uniquely offered through the spirit. Now, now don't miss this. God's guidance is universally offered through his scripture. But God's guidance is also uniquely offered through the spirit. That's why I need both scripture uh -huh, and spirit. Why? Because there are universally some things I can learn from his word, but there are uniquely things offered through his spirit. In other words, everybody on this broadcast at this moment, we all could have the exact same issue. You hear me? Down to the T, the exact same issue. But God could give every single one of us a varied and unique way to solve that same problem. But you don't get that just through scripture. 
You get that by having scripture as your foundation and then by following Holy Spirit. Because remember, we said one of the ways Holy Spirit speaks to us is through our spirit. So he can uniquely offer us insight and understanding, wisdom and knowledge, counsel and help through the spirit. So when we look at the scriptural evaluation of God's guidance, we see that it is universally offered through scripture, but is uniquely offered through the spirit. What's my scriptural reference for that, Pastor Edwin? Say 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to read all of this, verse 9 through 12. It says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10 says, but God hath revealed them unto us. What has God revealed? The things into our, that, that is in God's heart. He reveals them to us. How? By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. That's how he's able to give us all uniquely an answer to the same problem. Verse 11 says, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Verse 12 says, now we have received, praise God, not the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is of God, his Holy Spirit. Why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. In other words, you need scripture. It is your foundation for understanding the doctrine of God, to understand the reproof of God, for understanding the correction of God, and for being able to get instruction in righteousness. That is what scripture does for us. But I need to be endued with the Holy Spirit. I need the deutimus. I need the power. I need that Acts 1-8 that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? Because God's guidance is uniquely given through his spirit. So then based on scripture, we are justified right to pray and believe that we will receive from Holy Spirit wisdom, insight, and understanding for our particular situations. That's why Pastor Sean says all the time, you as an individual are unique, but your problem or situation is not. It is not because Holy Spirit has dealt with it before. How, well, well, nobody in the world has had my problem, but he dealt with it before you ever had it. That's how he knows the pathway to get you out of it. You, you don't have a problem. You don't have a situation. You aren't going through anything beloved, that is so unique that Holy Spirit doesn't have an answer for it. So you have to know that while scripture gives you foundation, it is your connection with the Father through Holy Spirit that guides you uniquely. That's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, it says, cast not away therefore your confidence don't, don't, don't cast away your confidence. Well, I, well, can't nobody fix this. No, no, no. Holy Spirit's already dealt with it. You're, you're on the other side of it. He's now walking you through what he already walked through. Why? Because the Bible tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for every sin, for every problem and situation we would ever face. He's already made a way of escape. 
So Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense, great repayment of reward. It says, for ye have need of patience. That word patience there means consistency. You have need to be consistent. Consistent in what? Not casting away your confidence so that after you have done the will of God. See, you don't need finishing grace till you start. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise, the thing that he's already went and got for you. I love what it says in the Amplified. It says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform, glory to God, and fully accomplish, amen, the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what has been promised to you. Glory to God. This is, a, I think this number eight, this is the eighth thing I want you to write. Say, following Holy Spirit brings me the promise. Following Holy Spirit brings me the promise. So in other words, I'm supposed to be believing. I'm supposed to be a believing believer, not a unbelieving believer. I'm supposed to be the kind of believer that says based on scripture and based on God's established commitment to have Holy Spirit to guide me through I know, therefore, then anything I find difficult in my life, Holy Spirit has an answer for me. Therefore, I will not fling away my confidence in knowing that he has already made my end glorious before I ever start down the path. So therefore, I'm going to follow after him, performing those things he's telling me to, no matter what it looks like. Because I know at the end, there is a reward, a great and glorious reward for all I'm going through right now. Amen, amen, amen. So as I finish today, let me give you the believing prayerfulness for God's guidance. You have a right to the believing prayerfulness for God's guidance. I want to give you uh, about seven or eight of these, uh, the believing prayerfulness for God's guidance. What do I mean by that? I mean that you have a right to believe for God's guidance when you pray and ask for it. Because the Bible says, if any man lacks what? Wisdom. It says, let him ask of who? God who gives to him how? Liberally and unabraded. It means he doesn't hold back. So therefore, I have the right to believe in prayer when I pray that God is going to guide me through Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when I pray, believe I receive when I pray. So here is the believing prayerfulness for God's guidance. Number one, I must acknowledge the preeminence of God. What do I mean by that? The word imminent means first place. The word pre means to be before. I must acknowledge that God is first place before any situation I ever face. There is nothing higher than God. 
And since his scripture is inspired by him, and since Holy Spirit is of him, then therefore there is no situation I face that is bigger than God. So I must acknowledge the preeminence of God. Number two, I must affirm to God my dependence on him for scriptural guidance. I must affirm to God my dependence on him for scriptural guidance. In other words, I must say, Lord, as I read this word, I want you to allow Holy Spirit to reveal to me what this word means for my life through Holy Spirit, not my intellect, not my own interpretation. But as I read your word, Father, you reveal to me the intent and the essence of your word. Number three, I must align myself with the scriptures governing my issues. I must align myself with the scriptures governing my issues. This is one I don't understand. People who are broke talking about seed time and harvest don't work. But yet people get asking people who believe in seed time and harvest to borrow money. It makes no sense. You got to align yourself with the scriptures that govern your issues. Listen, if you need healing in your body, you ain't got time to be over there in Revelation reading about the white horse and the seven seals. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but that ain't what you You need to be reading scriptures about healing. You need to buy the 30 days of healing book that Pastor Sean has. Listen, if you're suffering from depression, now is not the time for you to be spending all of your time trying to understand church governance. You need to get your mind right. You need to read scriptures about having the mind of Christ. You have to learn to align yourself with the scriptures that govern your issues. Number four, number four, you've got to ask God for your next step. Watch this and then respect the natural order of things. This is, this is your believing prayerfulness for God's guidance. If you're going to believe and ask God to guide you, then this is something you must do. You got to ask God for your next step. Because, see, sometimes you, just, you, you may just be expecting God to just give it to you. You may need to say, okay, Father, this is all I've done. I don't, is, is there something else I need to do? Is there someplace else I need to go? What should I do next? And then you got to respect the natural order of things. Well, Pastor Edwin, can you give me an can you give me an example? I, yes, I can. There are people right now asking God for a job. And we have said to you before, if you are asking God for a job and you are sending out your resume and you aren't getting any hits on your resume, nobody's calling you back, nobody's talking to you. You need to get somebody who knows something about resumes, somebody who works in HR, somebody who has some experience with, with knowing how to grab people's attention when there are a hundred people vying for their attention uh, digitally, and you need to get somebody to look at your resume, yet you still keep sending out that same resume talking about, God, I need you to help. You got to respect the natural order of things. In the same way that if you said, Lord, I, I want to have a child, I, I want to get pregnant, and, and you and your husband are married, but, but, you, but then you say, but I don't want to have sex. That doesn't make sense. you got to respect the natural order of things. you got to ask God for your next step 
and then respect the natural order of things. So if you're looking for a job and you're not getting hit, get somebody to look at your resume. Or better yet, if you believe it's, it's we, this is this is funny because I, my wife and I have this running joke. Whenever the lottery gets above four hundred million dollars, I always say I'm going to win the lottery. And she said, "Not if you don't buy a ticket." <laughs> She's right. I can say I'm going to win the lottery a million times. You're never going to win it if you don't buy a ticket. The, the condition, even though the chances is one in what, 156 million, at least you got to buy a ticket. So if you're going to believe God to guide you, you need to ask God for your next step and then respect the natural order of things. Amen. Number five, you got to allow the peace of God to be your confirming witness. Pastor Sean and I one time got ready to buy a car. And uh, we weren't sure about it. And the guy was like, well, if you don't buy this car today, uh, it's going to be gone. And, and we was like, we ain't got peace about it. So we didn't buy the car. Now, I don't know what happened to the car. I don't know if somebody else bought it. But you know what? We didn't have no problems out of the car that we did end up buying. And so what I'm telling you is you got to learn to allow the peace of God to be your confirming. If you don't have peace about it, don't move. My, my, whenever I ask Holy Spirit if I'm supposed to do something, I know I'm not going to be asking him something outside of his will. So I'm waiting to hear the no. If, if, if I don't have peace about it, I'm waiting to hear the yes, because I need I need that confirming peace to be my witness before I make the next move. Number six. These are my, these are my believing prayerfulness uh, in, in God guiding me. Number six, appropriate the grace for the difficult moments along the journey. I most appropriate the grace for the difficult moments along the journey. Being born again, being born again does not exempt one from life's problems. It does not exempt one from life's challenges. It does not exempt one from being able to, 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 to live life and never get what we call sucker punched. Okay, things happen that you weren't expecting. So you got to learn to appropriate the grace for the difficult moments along the journey. Okay, you got to 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 be able to be ready to allow grace to sustain you. And sometimes that's giving grace to others along the way. Number seven, you got to accept the wisdom of God along the journey. You may start off having a lot of information about something. But God may give you a different information or different wisdom to do something differently than somebody else has done. you got to be willing to accept that. Remember, he teaches us as we go. Make that the, the was it the ninth thing, the eighth or ninth, whatever it is. Make that the eighth or ninth thing you write in the comment this morning. Say, he teaches me as I go. He te Holy Spirit teaches me as I go. So I've got to be willing to accept his wisdom, to accept the wisdom of God along the journey. Number eight, we're almost done. Number eight, the believing prayerfulness for God's guidance. Number eight, I must apply my faith without compromise. I must apply my faith without compromise. The Lord told me one time I was having a discussion with Holy Spirit about this and I was talking about my faith and, and, and how I was applying my faith 
to a particular situation in which I thought I was applying my faith to, right? Because sometimes you can think you're actually doing the right thing and Holy Spirit will reveal to you that it's actually not the right thing. And that was that was a case for me uh, one of these times. And, and, and I remember in, in my discussion with Holy Spirit, he gave me an example. He said, applying faith looks like this. If you have a tube of uh, antibacterial ointment, and, and that antibacterial ointment is in the tube. Just going and buying the tube is not applying your faith because the place that is itching still itches. In order to apply your faith, you must take the tube out of the box. You must take the top off of the tube and you must squeeze what is inside the tube onto the place that is itching. He said, that's what applying your faith must looks like. It can't just be in your head. It can't just be the scripture you know. You must actually walk out the difficult thing that is difficult for you, believing that what I have said to you is already done. So in order to do that, that's when he gave me the four T's. And we've talked about this a bunch of times. If you're going to apply your you must learn to control what? Number one, your thinking. Number two, your tongue. Number three, your temperament or your heart. And number four, you must control your team or your environment. That is how you apply your faith. You apply your faith by controlling what you receive as truth in your thinking. Because what you receive as truth in your thinking has a way of escaping through your tongue. And then what escapes through your tongue, you got to be careful because you don't let stuff come into your heart. And you got to control this temperament, right? Even in difficult times, because if you don't, you'll begin to think and say what's in your heart. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the way you do that is by controlling who's on your team. You got to have the right people on your team, faith feel people who are like minded. You know, I put up a, a Facebook uh, post the other day and it was a picture of a dog and the dog was looking uh, in a mirror and he said, you are smart. You are strong. He said, and tomorrow you're going to catch that squirrel. And I put it up because I knew there would be people who would say he ain't going to catch that squirrel. Listen. There are always going to be people who are going to tell you what you can't do. Those are the people who you need to not necessarily not be friends with. Those are the people you don't need to necessarily say you you blocking them and all that. But they can't be your starting five. <laughs> they can't be your starting five. Because if you if I see your starting five, the five people you spend the most time with, I can show you the top of where you're going to go. It's called the law of the lid. You're only going to rise as high as that group you're with. So you got to learn how to apply your faith without compromise. And then lastly, number nine. Number nine. Well, we got well, we got 10 of these. So number nine is almost the last one. <laughs> it's my second closing. You got to avoid strife. Praise God. And negative others. That's what I was just talking about. Taming that team. You got to avoid strife and negative others who attempt to talk you out of your faith.
My goodness, my goodness. I'm going to catch that squirrel tomorrow. And if I don't catch it tomorrow, I catch it the next day. And if I don't catch it the next day, I catch it the day after that. What I'm saying, Pastor, I'm saying I'm healed today. And if my healing don't manifest today, it'll manifest tomorrow. And if it don't manifest the next day, it'll manifest the day after that because I already have received it. It's just, I, and I'm declaring it's going to manifest. And I ain't going to have nobody in my life telling me it ain't going to work. I ain't going to have nobody in my life tell me I can't graduate from school. I ain't going to have nobody in my life tell me I can't find love. I ain't going to have nobody in my life tell me I can't get a better job. I ain't telling me nobody in my life I can't have, uh, telling me that my kids can't be respectful and lovable in their teenage years. Listen, I'm not having anybody in my life telling me anything contrary to the word of God. I got to avoid strife and negate others who attempt to talk me out of my faith. Listen, we ain't going to read Mark 11, uh, 23 through 25. We've read that several times before. Listen, pr praise God, Nitra. Squirrels have been caught before. And if, if any squirrel, <laughs> praise God, has ever been caught, another one can be caught. Y'all ought to give God some praise. Listen, right now, if we was in FOC, we shout about them squirrels. You understand why? Because if somebody's done it before, then that's an indication I can do it if God has told me I can do it. If God has told, even if the squirrel hadn't been caught before, the fact that God told me I can do it means it can be done. Glory to God. You got to avoid strife and negative others who attempt to talk you out of your faith. Number 10, let's close with this one. You got to learn, praise God, to applaud the workings of God, even in small manifestations. You got to learn to apply the workings of God, even in small manifestations. Listen, having an attitude of gratitude is your key to multitudes of manifestation. Having an attitude of gratitude is key to having multitudes of manifestation. Why? Because the more thankful you are, the more heaven gives to you. The more thankful you are, the more you open yourself up to receiving any more. It's why the Bible says in Job chapter 8, verse 7, it says, Though thy beginning be small, yet thy latter end shall greatly increase. Even though the, the manifestation you're seeing now, it may start off small, but when you keep giving God praise for it and you keep thanking God for it and you keep following God, you keep doing what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. You keep relying on him for counsel, for wisdom and for insight and for understanding. And now what used to be small has grown up in your life. And now you're seeing harvest greater than what you can even handle. Now you're having to try to give it out so fast because it's coming to you so fast. He says, though your beginning be small, keep doing what you're doing. That's why the Bible says you have need of patience, consistency. Why? Because your consistency will produce a latter end that greatly causes you to increase. Pastor Sean said this is a five to one season. I declare in Jesus' name, this is a five to one season. This is your year of release. This is your season of great harvest. 
This is your time where God is wanting to use Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to counsel you as he has his eyes up on you. And I beseech you, brothers and sisters, partners of Fellowship of Champions, Church International, allow Holy Spirit to do his job. Do not grieve him. Do not cause him stress and strain, but say, Holy Spirit, fill this room. Fill this room, Holy Spirit. Have your way because your will is better than my will. Your will for me is better than my will for me. Your way is safer than my way for me. Holy Spirit, fill this room. And if you receive this today, I want you to give God some praise. Come on, give me some hearts in the comment section. Come on, do me some shouting hands, some hallelujah, some praise God. If you made the decision today that you are willing to allow Holy Spirit to lead you, then right where you are, just make this confession. Say, Father God, I thank you that on today, I make the decision that I will at all times in every situation allow Holy Spirit to be my God. Listen, if you made that confession this morning, go ahead and give the Lord some praise. Glory to God. Listen, that ends this teaching about how Holy Spirit helps us walk with God. Listen, I gave you a lot. I know in these last two messages, I gave you a lot of scripture. I gave you a lot of steps, a lot of principles. Listen, go and meditate on this word. What does that mean? It means to listen to it over and over, to ponder it until you know those six things that Holy Spirit, that we should all know about Holy Spirit, till you know about those 10 things that are in his job description, until you know about all the responsibilities you must do to allow yourself to be led by Holy Spirit, until you understand all of the believing prayerfulness for God's guidance in your life. It's a lot there, but you know what? It's not hard to learn. And once you get it and it gets inside of you, it becomes automatic. And then following God becomes easier and easier and easier. Because remember, it's a learning as you go process. Amen. Listen, were you blessed by today's word? Amen. If you were, then praise God. Like this. If you haven't liked it, like the broadcast. If you haven't had a chance yet to share it, share the broadcast. If you haven't had a chance to put it on your story or to put it uh, on your page, do so. Let somebody else be blessed by this word. Amen. And if this word blessed you, if this word blessed you, then I'm going to ask you to take this opportunity and so into this ministry. I don't usually do that, but I'm going to talk directly to you this morning. And I'm going to say to you, take this opportunity. While we do so much of what we do for free, we do it because of partners like you. We don't have to charge for so many things because we have partners who say, hey, I get my life changed based on this word. And so the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So since I get to reap the benefits of this word changing my life, I'm going to repay it 
the best way I can by sowing so that everything we do gets to remain free. Listen, we have to pay, we have to pay for StreamYard. We pray for our website. We, it's all kinds of costs involved in getting this word out, but we don't charge for it. Why? Because we believe in our hearts that if we teach the word of God, uncompromisingly, and we give you exactly what the Lord says that he will put on the hearts of people from around the world to sow into the ministry so we can continue to do all the things we do, including supporting $10,000 scholarships for every graduating high school senior who graduates from our ministry. Listen, we also have the James A. Young Memorial Scholarship Fund. That is given to people who don't necessarily go to our church. It's a $4,000 scholarship that we give to them. Listen, we are doing what the Lord has called us to do. And we need you as partners to do your part. You can do that by giving by giving to GiveLify. You can give to PushPay. You can give via Tithely. You can via text to give at 833 833- 969-0897, or you can give to PayPal by using the email address focchurchnwa at gmail.com. Listen, one of my mentors, Dr. Ivy Hilliard, he says it uh, just like this. He says, if you come and you listen to the word and the word changes your life, and after the word changes your life, you click off the broadcast and you go and you run and live your life and you never sow anything back. He said, that's equivalent to shoplifting. It's equivalent to being a shoplifter. Listen, I want to tell you, don't be a shoplifter. Amen. If the Lord has put on your heart to sow, don't put off. Remember, be a quick, prompt to do giver. So even as you're getting ready to close out this broadcast, if God has told you to give, go ahead and do that right now. Also, if you want to be a virtual partner, you can do that. We love for you to be a virtual partner. We get new partners every week. Literally every week, we get two or three partners every week. Our goal from January 1 to December 31st of this year was to have 500 virtual partners, 500 virtual partners. And every week we're creeping up, we're creeping up. Uh, by July 1, I'm going to give you a number of where we are about halfway through. Uh, so we'll know what we need to do the remainder part of this year. But you can help us with that by sharing this broadcast and continuing to sow into the ministry. Amen. Listen, I love you. God bless you. I want you to be safe. I know that the CDC has said that people who are vaccinated can be outside and even inside some businesses without a mask. Hear Holy Spirit. Amen. Hear Holy Spirit about that, because you and I both are intelligent enough to know that there are going to be people who are who are who are not vaccinated at all, who used to have to wear a mask because it was required to go in the stores now won't be required to wear a mask and they won't have on a mask even though they won't be vaccinated. So govern yourselves accordingly. I'm not telling you to do it or not to do it. I'm telling you to hear Holy Spirit. Be safe. Be safe. We know that COVID is not over. It's not over. They may not be reporting the numbers every day. They may be opening things up every day, but there are still people who are contracting the COVID-19 virus, and there are still people who are being hospitalized. And yes, there are even still people who are losing their life to it. And so just be safe. Uh, Have a great week. Remember to join us on Monday, Strategies for Success, Tuesday for Prayer, Wednesday for Refreshed Bible Study, Thursday for Ignite and Victory Zone, Friday for Fellowship of Chess, I mean for uh, 
Champion Circle, and then join us back here Sunday morning at 9.30 for Christian Valley Worships. And you'll see us again here teaching you the word so that you can live your best life. Remember, Fellowship of Champions in Church teaches you to walk in love, live by faith, so you can experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.